We're finishing up our U2 series today uh, in the name of love. And I don't know if you figured this out, but everything that we've talked about in this series is love-based. You know, through this series, I, I hope you've come to realize that because of God's love, everything's been changed. You know, because of God's love, it, it is, every day is a beautiful day. There's a reason for optimism in, in our life. That because of God's love, even when we have vertigo problems in our life and things get really bad, because of His love, you can find hope. You can find equilibrium in, in, in your life. You know, I believe because of God's love that we can sing a new song every day, a God-given song. And I believe that God loved us so much that he created us fearfully and wonderfully. And you hear me talk about that a lot. But that God placed in us this, this free will because he loved us. That he's given us uh, desires, uh, a passion for life. And I believe because of God's love as Christians, we should be willing to put our desires into check, so to speak, to let God purify our our desires, these God-given desires that we have. And I believe that when we do that, when when you take that step, that God will fill your life. You'll find that fullness that Jesus Christ talks about. And because of God's love, we put him in the center of our lives. And last week we talked about that that should motivate us and press us and push us to run the race. To run the race when we feel like dropping out, when you want to call it quits. That we have this incredible capacity to walk on. To walk on, walk on in our lives. And today what I want to do is focus on the church. Because the church is called to the extreme of love. In fact, we are called to be one, to move in a a direction together. And I want to set that direction. Galatians, Paul writes, he says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will find the law of Christ. Now, I will confess to you initially that when I read that scripture... When I, when I hear that one, when I think of all the implications that are involved in that, I don't like the idea. I don't. You know why? Because I got enough burdens of my own. <laughs> I, I am not highly motivated in and of myself. As a, as a leader, I, I feel like, um, Carrying burdens sometimes is like running in place because I want to make progress in in life. Now, do not misunderstand me. I am not discounting what Paul's saying. I'm just saying that given my own device, given my own makeup, the idea of pausing and, and carrying one another's burdens is not natural to me. It's, uh, uh, not naturally appealing. You know, sometime back I was sitting having a conversation with a friend of mine. He's a CEO of a large company. And we got talking about just the stress and strain of of leadership. And uh, he started telling me how much time he was spending with with his employees and the the problems. And he's kind of a visionary type guy. And 
he said, you know, it's just draining me. It's just draining me. It's running me down. And he said he really wanted to be closing deals and, and pushing, pushing product and producing as a company, but he was spending most of his time dealing with problems, dealing with struggles. And he, and he said, you know, it's just wearing me out. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm a pastor, but sometimes I feel just like that. The, my point is, that's my personality type. It's the way I'm geared up inside. Carry each other's burdens. Now, some of you hear that, and you go, that's what the church is all about. That's what God's all about. In fact, you're going, Damon, seriously, you need to get a heart. I mean, what is wrong with you? You know, you, 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 you've got a problem here. You, you need to repent. In fact, some of you right now are going, I don't even know if he's a Christian, really. I'm not sure. This hard thing, that's not good. Because in, in your mind, real Christians love. Real Christians carry one another's burdens. The fact is, for some of you, caring for people is just the way you're geared. This verse, you go, I love this verse. And in fact, if the truth were known, your spouse has to kind of reel you in once in a while because you always feel like you need to be doing more in that particular area. I saw a church sign years ago. You may, may have seen it on the Internet and stuff. It says, we care about you. Sundays, 10 a.m. only. <laughs> you know. I don't think that's what they meant to convey, but uh, sometimes it's like that, isn't it? You know, several weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I was out in the commons before service, and um, there was a lady kind of off to the side sitting, and uh, I, I could tell she, she was upset. She was crying, and... Um, she was trying not to make a scene, just kind of off to herself. And, and so the compassionate part, and there is a compassionate part in me, that I'm walking by and I kind of noticed her. And, and so I walked over and I go, well, how are you today? Anything wrong? I, I didn't do that. I walked over and I'm like, can I help you? You know, is there something I could do? And, and she proceeded to, to kind of uh, get her composure and, and she's like, you know, it's bad. You know, it's terrible. I can't believe it. Can you? And so I, I'm immediately, and this has happened to me several times with people, I'm like, okay, did I miss something? I got to kind of ride this one out and see if I can figure, figure out what she's talking about. So I'm like, yeah, what? She's like, it's just in... in it, it took a long time to kind of drag it from her, but she finally, she started telling me about this little boy. And so now, now my mind's like, okay, is it someone in the church or in our community or the St. Louis area? And it, bottom line, I figure out, she's talking about a documentary that she saw on television about a little boy that had autism. And this little boy's from another state, I asked her, I said, do you know the little boy? And she's like, no. And, and so then my mind, I'm kind of analytic that way. I start thinking, okay. So I go, do you have a child with autism? She's like, no. I'm like, 
do you have a friend or do you know someone with autism? No. Friends, she was grieving and weeping over a situation that was very removed from her, but it's the way she's wired. I guarantee you she loves this verse. It's the heart. Some read that verse, carry each other's burdens, and instinctively, in fact, I I would argue that a lot of the guys here, and I know I'm stereotyping, but they're reading that going, are you kidding me? Seriously, get real. Carry one another's burdens. Not only are you not going to carry my burdens, you will not know I have burdens. Oh, sure, I mean, I've I've got problems. But everybody's got problems. But it's no one's business. Carry one another's burdens. It is the one call of, of the church. It's one of the calls of the church to be one church, one body, carry burdens. Some of you, Love to carry burdens. You're like, I'm with you. Some of you are a little more insensitive when it comes to burdens. And some of you, not even on the radar. But friends, I want to tell you, carry one another's burdens. We've got to get this one right. We've got to get this one right as a church. Paul writes, he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are what? One body. So it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into what? One body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. One body. One spirit. Many parts. And just like our physical body, the church is set up. We are one body. Many parts. We are hands. We are feet. We are the mouths, the ears, the body of Jesus Christ on this earth. One body. We're one body. Paul says, indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I love this. If the foot were to say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Now, I want you to get the image, because Paul's saying... You're walking along one day, kind of minding your own business, and your foot speaks, which that would be scary in and of itself, but it goes, hey, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? Crazy foot. (laughs) You make whatever decision you want to make. You can decide you're not part of the body, but big deal, you really don't get to decide you're part of the body. Can you imagine that? You go, that's ridiculous. Well, that's what Paul's pressing at here. He goes, and if the ear were to say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would our senses be? Sense of smell be, but as it is, God arranged the members 
in the body, each one of them as he chooses. The body's not a random thing, Paul says. God, God designed it. God carefully and wonderfully created it. God designed fingers and, and legs and arms, the whole body. And so it is with the physical body, God accomplishes exactly what the body's designed to do. I know you're going, okay, what's new? Tell me something new here. But every day, every single day without thinking about it, you enjoy the benefits of God's master plan with your body. I mean, can, can you imagine if the body was just a random thing? Paul, Paul picks up in verse 19 and he says, if all were a single member, where, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members yet. What? One body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Paul, Paul's kind of setting this up. He's saying, you know, the, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. You're not important. Look at you. I mean, every time we meet someone, they don't look at you, they look at me. Because I'm the head. In fact, we try and cover you up. Socks and shoes and, I mean, we're we're just trying to, trying to hide you. Can you imagine if your body operated like that? Feet might strike back and go, you're a head case. Get out of here. Take you out in the sun and leave you for a couple days. See if you need us then, you know. And it wouldn't function. It wouldn't function. I mean, it just wouldn't work. I mean, what if I said today, and that you got three minutes, and you have to decide to cut off part of your body. What are you going to get rid of? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need my little toe. I mean, this is how it would go. People would go, okay, what's, what's the most insignificant piece of my body I can get rid of? And, and it would be really easy to think, well, I got nine other toes. Yeah, go ahead, take the little toe. But friends, just as soon as you begin to think about that, you don't want to do without it, do you? You don't want to do without it. Paul says, on the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior members. See, Paul's going to press this. Even though you don't think about it, Those parts of the body that we're the most proud of, we don't give as much attention to sometimes. But we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of money trying to figure out how to cover up those those less presentable parts. True? How many of you exercise to get rid of this? Spend money on shirts or, you know, tops to, to be able to make this good. Your eyes, I would argue, are more attractive to people than your feet, right? 
You know, but how, how many pair of glasses you got versus how many pair of shoes, you know? I mean, the, the fact is, in the morning, chances are you spend more time with your feet. You got to put on socks, you got to put on your shoes. And, and that's Paul's point. Paul's trying to drive this one and say, pay attention, understand this. Verse 25, he picks up, he says, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. This is where we get the idea of caring for one another. You know, when, when we, we injure whatever part of our body, the injured part gets the focus. True? I mean, God designed our physical bodies that way. He, God took and he, and he mixed the parts up. He chose the parts. He put it together so that the members of the body would take care of one another. And I think I've shared before, I, one, I was a crazy kid growing up. My parents would attest to that. I tried them on every everything imaginable. And I uh, had more stitches and broken bones through through the years. But I remember third grade, I was living in Kern, Illinois. Played baseball all the time at that age. And uh, we had half the games in our yard. And uh, it was Roberto Clemente Stadium. And um, the other half was in my neighbor's yard, David Rush. And uh, we called that Speed Racer International Ballpark. And we would split our games. And we'd play several games every day. I remember home plate over at David's house was a burning barrel. Now, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but it was a trash barrel, and you burned everything in it. And I remember the day I was on second. It was near the end of the game. My buddy got a hit, and I come racing around third. And I could see home plate, the burning barrel. I knew there was glass everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. But the game was on the line. And I slid in, and I did one of those where you drop and then pop back up. And when I popped back up, I needed 11 stitches across my knee here. And what happened when I came back up, I'll just kind of illustrate. I came back up, and immediately I put most of my weight on the one foot, and I grabbed with this hand. And I remember my neck turning and yelling, help. <laughs> my buddies come over, extended my left hand and my right, and they took me across the street. And friends, it happened automatically. There was not a debate. I didn't slide in, jump up, blood running, running out, and my head goes, hmm, wonder if we should help. My hand didn't go, I don't know, man, it's kind of bloody. My neck wasn't like, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to turn. I don't want to get involved in this. It just happened. It just happened. My parents told us to uh, not use the burning barrel as home plate. So we turned the field around, made it second. Called it Jackson 5 Metropolitan Stadium. And yes, I got more stitches later. <laughs> That's true. Three times, actually. <laughs> when you're injured, 
the rest of the body goes into motion. It goes into action. It is not, hey, I don't know if I'm going to participate in this. It just happens. If you're a member of the body, it cooperates. I mean, the body doesn't go, fix yourself. That wouldn't happen. That's not possible. I mean, it's silly. It's absurd. And that's Paul's point. It won't happen in the physical body. It can't happen in the, in the spiritual body called the church. You know, Paul, Paul kind of gets to the heart of the matter. He says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I mean, we, we know that if you get an infection in your physical body and you just ignore it, what happens? The rest of the body suffers. And we know that if one part is honored, it all rejoices. You know, every single part rejoices in this. You know, Paul, Paul presses here. If you're able to do something athletically, you know, maybe you're a great pitcher or quarterback or, you know, you can hit free throws or whatever. They don't call you forward and go, we'd like to honor your hands today. We'd like to honor your legs, your feet. We don't do that, do we? We honor the whole body, the person, our graduates today. We're not honoring just your brain. We're honoring the whole body, the whole person. You know, and here's kind of the punchline. This is where Paul is going to drive home one thing. One thing that we got to understand, that there is no opting out on this one. You know, Paul says now, okay? When you read the word now, think attention, please. Attention, please. Woo, woo, woo. Look at this. Pay attention. We're going to say something really important. This is for you. He says, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is part of it. He says, Think like the body. Think like the body. Think like the body. Don't think like a part. Don't think like an important part. Don't think like a less important part. He says think like the body. God says the the church, faith fellowship, the, the church is to function like the physical body. Every part of it is to, to be cared for. Every part of it, because because every single part of it is important. And friends, this has huge implications for the church. It has huge implications for faith fellowship as we move forward as, as the body. The fact is we are to care for one another. And when we are caring for one another, we are caring for the body of Jesus Christ. One body. The church. Jesus. God. All one. I I don't know her very well. I mean, I'm not going to take food over there. I hardly know her. I I don't know them very well. In fact, I don't even know them. So I don't think I'll get involved. Friends, 
Paul's going, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Think like the body. Care for one another. You need each other, whether it is spiritual care, whether it is physical care, whether it's emotional care. Maybe maybe God created you as a good listener. You know, maybe it's relational care. You're a good counselor. Maybe it's financial because you're generous. Care for the body. Whatever it is, do it. Paul says, be one body. You are part of the body. You are one body. Do it. Do it now. Whatever it is. See? Be one. Because when you care for that person, when you care for that family, when you care for that couple, when you care for that teenager, when you reach out and care, you you need to realize that you are not just caring for an individual. It's bigger than that. You are caring for the body. Because if that person goes down, if that couple breaks up, if that child or kid runs away, guess what? The body suffers. If I cut my hand and you help my hand, my hand does not say thank you. The whole body says thank you. You know, Jesus said to his disciples one day, he says, go make disciples. And they're like, where are you going, Jesus? He says, I'm I'm leaving it up to you. You're it. You are my ambassadors. You are my representatives. You need to be about it. We are to care for the body. And when I get that picture, the leader in me gets motivated. I get fired up about caring for the body now because it makes sense. When you care for one another, what happens is we are able to function more effectively. We are fully capable of accomplishing the mission that God has given to us as a church. You see, when the, when the physical body goes down, everything's affected, isn't it? To some extent. I mean, your, your work suffers, your family suffers, relationships suffer, money suffers. Lots of things are, are affected. The same is true for the church. If we are sick, if we have an unhealthy body, the church, we are not going to be capable of fully accomplishing our mission that God has given us. I mean, God has specifically called Faith Fellowship to reach people who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to help people grow in their relationship, to move forward in their relationship. And the healthier we are, the better we care for one another, the more effective we are in accomplishing that mission. It's just a fact. Again, this is helpful to me as a leader because... It is a means to an end. It is a means to be healthier, to be more focused, to be a more able body. And it also, when we care for one another, reminds me that we're never alone in this world. If you hurt your hand, the brain doesn't go, okay, you hurt your hand, tell you what, we're going to assign a member to take care of the hand, uh, foot, 
you lose. Go take care of it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But you're on your own. It's your responsibility. I'm saving the rest of the team for something else. That's not what happens. What happens? The whole body goes into action. Some of you are caregivers. I just want to scream and go, you cannot take on the weight of the world by yourself. You hear me say, no lone rangers in this church. You know, no going it alone. You know, you have got to allow other people to pull up alongside. Because if you, if you go down that path by yourself, do you, do you know what will happen? I mean, you may already know. It may have already happened. You, you burn out. You burn out. You, you get to a point that because the needs in your life are so overwhelming, you just kind of shut down and you don't want to hear about anybody's needs. Don't want to ask about a situation. In fact, you, you don't want to answer the phone. And at some point, you just don't want to come to church because... You just can't handle the thought of one more thing, one more burden, one more anything. You just get used up. And I want to tell you, that is not God's plan for your life. God did not design you to live that way. That is not living. It's it's something else, but it's not living. Can you, can you imagine going in for surgery and um, laying there on the table? Pretty soon, surgeon comes in. like well time for surgery and like where's everybody else no i'm in i'm in i'm gonna do it all today don't worry about it i mean that's not gonna work imagine your your house is on fire your family's inside firefighter shows up you go where's everybody i mean it's just me today it's not gonna work you'd be panicked the same's true in the church no going it alone you got to be a team you know, the, the flip side, we, we are not to carry our burdens alone. Again, i pick on guys a little bit, but we, we struggle with this one. We don't like to admit we have needs. We're okay with helping people. In fact, I hear guys often, they'll go, you know, if you need my help, just call me. I'll give you a hand. I'll help you out. I'll do that. I'll step in. I'm okay. But there's a mentality, and it's like, tell you what, I'll help you with your stuff, but I'll handle my own. And and, and on the surface, that sounds very noble. On the surface, it sounds noble. But it is a dangerous one-way street. We were not created for one-way streets. And I know as I'm talking, some of you are going, yeah, okay, Damon, so, so I've got, I got some problems in my life. You know, i got some family things. I've got a little tension in the marriage. I've got some financial pressures. But I'm not going to bother you, and I'm not going to bother anyone with it. And here's what I want to say. If you attend Faith Fellowship, if you call this your home, if you need care, you have a need, you have a burden, 
whatever it is, if you refuse to let us help, you're hurting us. You're hurting yourself. You are forgetting the fundamental, the one thing Paul said we got to get a grasp on, and that is we are one body. You've got to think like the body. And I know sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it is humbling. It is hard to let someone help you sometimes. I get that. It's hard to admit that you've got a weakness. It's hard to admit that, that you have a need. But if any member of the body, the church, decides to go it alone, when the problem comes, the infection grows. And at some point you get bitter, and at some point you die. It affects the body. Implications on this passage, huge. If you need care, you let someone care for you. Because to care for you is to ensure the health of faith fellowship that we are able to fulfill the mission that God has given us as a church. You know, I encourage people all the time, come out of the dark, come out of the dark, and just say, you know what, I need help. Here's what's going on. I have watched throughout my entire ministry, and it's painful to watch. this. uh, It's really a debilitating behavior, and it defies reasoning. But people stand on the fringe of the body. They get way over here somewhere in the dark. And we hide out. I call them fringe dwellers. They like being near the body, but prefer to stay out in here. Sorry, band. I know you guys are here sometimes. But anyway, it's the fringe. In our body language, when we are out here, it's like, do not approach me. Leave me alone. Come to church, but we never get connected. I mean, we're not even going to fill out the guest registry because it's like, mm, don't, don't want to be known. We duck in at the last minute, make a beeline for our car after the service. Tend here for six months, a year, sometimes longer. And we're connecting to God in the service. We're connecting through the music or the message. But that's it. We stay on the fringe. And then then we have a crisis come along. And you will. You know, maybe go in the hospital. Maybe something spins out in your life. And you never let anybody know. And if the truth were known, not only did you not let anyone know, you never let anybody really know you. And then, to top it off, people will go around and go, I can't believe nobody called me. Nobody checked on me. I was in the hospital for a week. Nobody even came to see me. Well, friends, we are the body. We want to be sensitive. We want to connect. We want to help. But here it is. Now, we're not clairvoyant. We don't have that gift. The body responds to the body. Let 
There's a couple of things that I guess I want to say. See, I've never worried, probably one of the first times in, in my ministry, um, I don't worry here at Faith Fellowship if uh, someone high profile goes down. I know a lot of people will gather. I've watched it over and over. You know, someone's leading a major ministry in this church. I'm not worried that people are not going to care for them. That's, that's not the struggle at all. But the, the tendency, and this is the ugly side, is when it comes to giving care to people that are not quite so high profile. And the care changes. And I'll I just tell you, that's wrong. You know, I know for a fact if something were to happen, you know, I'll pick on Tom over here. Tom plays lead, runs, runs, makes things happen with the band and music and stuff. I'm not worried that they won't care for Tom or Debbie O'Dell leads our guest services and her team's very aware of her. People will flock and, and take care of her because in their mind, they're like, okay, we care, and we got to get them going and keep them going. We've got to get them back in the loop. That's not the problem. The problem's when it's not quite so prominent. Again, we're going back to the body thing. You know, well, it's just, just a little toe. I mean, we got lots of toes around here. And friends, when you start thinking that way, it's disastrous. Now, the, the reverse of that's true. If a person, maybe you're sitting there today and you go, you know, I'm kind of uh, low profile. You know, I'm the one you like putting socks and shoes and stuff on. You're part of the church. You're the body. And I know the tendencies to think, well, not that many people know me. My needs aren't really all that important. I don't want you to bother with them. I, you know, bother with my stuff. Don't do that. If you do, we all suffer. You suffer. The body of Jesus Christ suffers. The kingdom suffers. The mission of the church suffers. Faith fellowship suffers when we do that. I mean, some of you need to quit just coming to church. You need to get plugged in. You need to get out of the fringes where, where you can begin to, to give care, to receive care. Why? So the church can be healthy. So it can be what God created it to be. I mean, you know how this goes. I, uh, I get sick. I'll be honest with you, I do not like to go to the doctor. I don't, in fact, my wife would tell you that I really don't want anybody bothering me if I'm sick. I uh, shut the blinds, turn, turn the temperature down, go, stay away from me. Cindy will finally come in and go, Damon, I made you an appointment for the doctor. And so I go. <laughs> Well, the alternative is not pretty, but uh, no, I'm not talking about the illness either. But, 
I mean, if, if you ignore the injury or the illness long enough, the rest of the body goes down. If you have a tendency to ignore your illness, your wound, your struggle, we cannot be the church God has called us to be. If we are going to be the kind of church that Paul has called us to, that Jesus Christ has called us to, that God has called us to, we have to think like the body. We've got to think like what? We've got to think like what? Think like, what? That's why Jesus Christ says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. By this, they will know. Not, not because you get up on Sunday morning and your car backs out of the driveway and you head to church. You know, you will know your Jesus Christ's disciples. People will know it not not because you sing a bunch of praise songs that honestly most of your neighbors probably don't know. Not not because you have a bumper sticker on the back of your car with a, a Bible verse or a fish. And by the way, that should dictate everybody knows that you're trying to make a statement. Be careful how you live and what you do out on the highway and those kind of things. They will know you're my disciples because you got a cross around your neck. You know, or because you got a Bible in your hand, or because you memorize the entire New Testament. No. They will know you're my disciples because you know how to share the five steps of salvation, which is an important thing, but no, that's not it. No. Jesus boils it down. He boils it down to one thing. He says, You are going to know that you are my disciples. The world will know it. Everyone will pay attention to it. They will know you're a Christian if you have what? Love for one another. Says that's it. Love for one another. How you care for one another. It is not just about meeting needs. See, it's the Great Commission. It's leading people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ we have to absolutely think like the body. You know, I want to close with last U2 song. It's one. We're to be one. We've got to get this one right. This one matters. You know, one thing that we're to do, and I want this song to, to be a meditation. You know, one of the, the lines in it says, one love one blood, one life. You've got to do what you should. One life with each other, sisters, brothers. But we're not the same. We've got to carry each other. Carry each other. Just let God minister to you with the with song.